Fort Worth. How's it going? Long time no see. Welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. We are a show about local politics that aims to get more people engaged in local issues. My name is Anthony Sosa. I'm here today with Thomas Moore to go over the upcoming election and the 14 proposed constitutional amendments that we all will be voting on in it. Um, we've got our opinions. We will certainly share them with you, but we want you to develop your own opinion. So we're going to give you the resources to do so. That's what the show is about. All the resources that we use will always be provided below in the show notes. Please go click on them. Do your own research as well. Hold us accountable. Um, this podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. You can sign up for our Substack at our website, justicereformleague.net, where we will occasionally post op-ed type articles. If you would like to submit something to the Substack, or have any episode ideas or additional stories that you would like us to cover. Uh, I'm, I've been saying hit us up on Twitter. We're, that's as, we're not real. I mean, it's, the account is still there. We're not using Twitter anymore. So that's probably maybe not the best way to get us. I guess you could probably send us an email at fwfreedomreview at gmail.com. That'll be the best way to get a hold of us. We've also got an Instagram account. Still a little active on there. Um, at Fort Worth Freedom Review on there. So feel free to hit us up on there too. That'll probably be a good way as well. So, if you're listening to this, um, I'm putting this episode out. Thomas and I recorded it yesterday on the 29th, Sunday. It is Monday, October 30th. This is the last week of early voting. Um, I meant to put this out a lot sooner. I'll kind of ex sort of explain in the, in the episode as to why, why, we're, why I'm so late. It's just personal stuff. So, uh, we're getting it out better late than never. Please, please, please go vote if you haven't already. Make sure to early vote this week if you can. There will be very few people at the polls. It is just kind of in and out sort of thing. So I'm going to hit the uh, the times real quick. Monday, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, October 30th through November 3rd. Uh, this whole week, polls will be open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Again, there are links provided below where you can find your early voting locations. The way that it is in Texas now, if you've been voting for a while, it's the same place that you can vote. You can early vote at any location. Um, not just the one in your precinct, the way they used to used to have it, you know, a few years back. So you can just find a polling location and just vote there. Uh, seven to seven. Election day is on Tuesday. So Saturday, no voting. Sunday, no voting. Monday, no voting. But next week, next Tuesday um, is election day. So that's our last chance to do this. So please, 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 please show up. Please bring your friends and your family. Have everybody vote. It is so, so, so important for us to do this. And these... You guys are going to see on the episode, these proposed amendments, uh, some of them are really big and, and important and, and, and are going to be allocating a lot of money to places that maybe we don't need it so much. Maybe the people of Texas need a little bit more. So we're going to have to come out and show up and vote and make our voices heard so we make sure that that money goes where it needs to go. So I'll, without further ado, I'll go ahead and get right to the episode and uh, have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, I got, I got one more thing to say. Um, in an effort to get this out as quickly as possible, I'm not editing out the profanity like I normally do. So all apologies if that stuff bothers you. There will be profanity in this episode. All right, here we go. Oh, hey, oh, good to see you, sir. Uh, Man. You got much more high quality camera than I do. I bought Amber's old DSL. She needed money and wanted to sell the DSLR. And I was like, oh, we still need it. I'll just buy it for you. <laughs> I'll use it. <laughs> I'll use it as this for now. I got to learn how to use it. I don't know how to use it. I need to, I want to shoot video with it, but like shoot, shoot video. But I don't, yeah. I, I, it's apparently pretty complicated. 
man, I like don't even know where to start. It's been uh, so long. Do you want to, um, like, what do you want to do? We should start with the Nazis and then get into the main story, which is going to be those amendments. Okay. Do you want to? So I was reading some of this. Even the good stuff, I I feel like there's fuckery afoot. Yeah, man, it's a. Uh... It's bad. We, I feel like we could talk about this for a long time. Man, I'm going to switch you so your yeah. camera, so you look like you're closer to the camera. So I'm not like okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I am rolling. I didn't know if there's anything else you wanted to get into before we... Like, what I think would be cool is maybe just for your sake and for my sake and for the listener's sake, just like recapping what we've been up to for the past, I don't know, six months. Be cool. I could do that. You know, I don't know. Briefly, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just glad to be doing the podcast, man. I'm so sorry that it's taken me this long. So it's I, I Hey man, you need time. That's okay. Yeah. I'm like, you know, early voting started last week. And so it's like definitely would have wanted to have this out sooner, but better late than never. There you go. So what have you been doing, man? You got a new job or new? I guess not new anymore. Yeah, I've been working that that job. It's kind of crazy. It's like a digital marketing SaaS sales job. How are you but liking it's it? Pretty, huh? How are you liking it? Uh, once you get used to it, it's not that bad. But there's still like it's still a job. There's still going to be things that suck about it, you know. Yeah. But it's uh. It's funny. It's almost all remote now. I only have to go into the office like once a week now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I bet that's definitely a like mental energy and like and like money too, not having to drive into work all the time. It really does. Yeah, it really does. There's like traffic. Like I really noticed that when I went in last week, I went in for one day and that was probably my most taxing day. Having to go in and deal with it and get, get go home and stuff, sit in traffic. I feel you, man. Excuse me. Yeah, my this year, my head's spinning, and that's kind of why I haven't been able to had the time to put put towards the podcast and stuff. Uh, I was teaching history for the past three years, and like I like making my own curriculum and stuff. And so after having three years of that last year, I just like rolled into work. I knew exactly what I was doing. Like I already had my stuff ready to go. I didn't have to spend a lot of time planning or making stuff. Um, but this year, I'm teaching. AP Human Geography, which I'm now I'm teaching freshmen, and like two years is a lot difference between like dealing with juniors. Like I don't know, as far as how exhausted I am when I come home, like mm -hmm. these kids just require way more energy and attention. Um, and I haven't. I'm kind of like flying by the seat of my pants, like rolling into work every day. Like I know I minored in geography so like i know the subject matter but it's, i've never taught it before like ap at the ap level and so i'm just having to spend a lot more time being prepared for that and not having the time at, at you know at home really to be spending towards everything else i want to be doing so i'm sorry again uh, right. to, to you and to the listeners like because you know there's so much that's been going on we should be talking about it but i'm gonna try and do better yeah talk. So Torchy's Tacos. Say it again. I said so Torchy's Tacos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man. 
Did you hear about this when it happened? I guess a few weeks back. I did. I saw some someone from Fort Worth posted it on on my on like my friend like on the little feed for Facebook. So I saw it, but saw it circulating before yeah. the story broke, like a day later. What was it? Okay, so yeah, I'm not on Facebook anymore. What was it like on Facebook? Um, less people freaking out about it than you than you'd think. You know, most people just commented something like. You know, it's the Fort Worth way, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Um, and then they kind of moved on with their day. There were a few people who were freaking out like, this is bad. Wow, I'm surprised. I was, I guess I was thinking, I was expecting a much bigger reaction on Facebook, but I, I don't know what it's like on there anymore, culture-wise. The Fort Worth subreddit was pretty upset. Like, it was kind of all over the place. A bunch of people, like, some people who were there and like went in while the, while the Nazis. So I guess I guess I'll say like torches. You brought up torches. I'm acting like everybody knows. Everybody probably does. But if you don't know, <laughs> uh, some Nazis <laughs> rolled into torches. I think it was like October sixth or seventh something. The articles that we'll be posting in the links below, like we'll, it'll, it'll say, um, and just sat down and and had some tacos. But they you know were loud and proud. They had their their armbands on and apparently were in town for a conservative like convention um some of them were local i think one of them was local the other ones were from other parts of the country a text it became such a big deal texas monthly did an article about it and like they essentially outed the guys like these are the four or five guys who were the nazis um and here's where they're, so they where they're dox from. their asses yeah it's <laughs> uh so i'm like good good for them and that's you know that's a that's a uh statewide publication that's not a, a local one so it's like it obviously made you know headlines i guess we can say let me see do i have that one i will say this torchies did release the, like an official statement oh good i didn't know facebook. that facebook what did they say yeah let me pull it up real quick give me a okay. few seconds while you're doing that um the texas observer oh it's texas observer yeah is that what i said uh the texas observer article i i think i said texas monthly forgive me not monthly observer which makes way more sense because they're the more investigative uh, type publication. Uh, the guy's names are Jeremy Fuller. Oh my God, this is this is crazy. Oh, they're asking for money. So yeah, uh, it'll be posted in the thing below. It's they just kind of name all the dudes down there. So here's what I noticed on the discourse online. On, on Reddit. It was like a lot of people pissed, obviously. Also not surprised, kind of like how you were saying, like, this is Fort Worth. Like, this is, this the white supremacy has a long history here, which is true. <clears throat> and it is, it is, I mean, this is Fort Worth to a certain extent. But a lot of people were like, what do I do in this situation? Like, should I just go up and start punching Nazis? And like, some people were like, yeah. And some people were like, no, you're just going to prove their point. They're wanting people to come up and confront them and attack them. And they're going to, you know, get friends to film that on their phones. And it's just going to create, you know, propaganda for them to use for recruitment purposes or whatever. Uh, which is probably true to a certain extent. So, like, I... I but also, I mean, they're, they're Nazis. They're made to be punched in the face. True. I mean, this, so this, you know, this <laughs> is the debate, right? Like, how do you deal with fascism, right? Especially when it's... Like the first thing is you don't let it, you don't let it exist if you can help it. Um, but the way that our, our freedom of speech thing, the way that it's set up, um, 
you know, people, it's not against the law. And like, it sucks. I'm going to have another article that we're going to provide. Let's see, which one is it? It's the Fort Worth Report one, I believe. Um, yeah. And they they say they have a sub headline like a third way down. So what should you do? But they essentially say you can't do anything <laughs> and that the cops can't really do anything unless something happens because it's not against the law to just wear something on your arm or wear a T-shirt or something. Um, yeah. But there is things that you can do. And so, like, this is something that I did when the thing came out. I, I posted this in the subreddit. I was like, look. It was like, depends on the power dynamics of the situation. And depending on who you are in the situation, there's, like, different power dynamics at play. Um, if you're just a patron, if you're just a random person, then it's like you cannot support that establishment anymore because they shouldn't have been seated in the first place. They shouldn't have been served in the, in the first place because, like, we have a – you know, a law in Texas, you know, you have the right to refuse service to anyone for any reason. And so I do have I do have the official statement from Torchies. Awesome. Go for it. Over the weekend, a hate group entered Torchies Tacos in Fort Worth. Let us be clear. We do not stand for hate and do not support this group or any hate group. In a difficult situation, our team acted to first ensure the safety of the other guests and our team members. When the group tried to come back, they were not allowed. We will continue working closely with local authorities to ensure the safety of our guests and team members. We are taking this matter extremely seriously. And then it just got like a picture of something that says fuck hate. Good. Well, I'm glad to, I'm glad that they've made that uh announcement. I'm glad that you're thank you for showing that, dude. Like that we the audience definitely needs to know that. Um Makes sense. Like they're an Austin-based company. I have a hard time. I think their Amber was saying that she met the owners at one point or served or served them when she was bartending, and that they were pretty lefty. Um, so that's I'm glad to hear that the company's like, ah, shit. I am, I, you know, that's a tough situation when four Nazis walk into your job. Like especially if you're, you know, minimum wage worker or some something like that. Like what do you do? You just, you know. Just... So that I guess. Well, yeah. Go yeah. for it. Oh yeah. No, go. For one it. thing I did here. Um, one of the Nazis did harass someone because I guess the person was giving them weird looks because you no know, Nazis at this towards you. They just came here for lunch. They didn't come here for all this. Right. And they were intimidated. So they kind of like interrupted their meal and, you know, did the whole Nazi salute and yelled at him and then left. Hmm. So wait, the Nazis were harassing somebody Is that you said. One of the guy? Nazis yelled at yelled at one of the other people, patrons who was like, you know, you know, looking at them and was kind of intimidated by the white supremacists and the torches because they probably think about it. They probably just came there for like lunch or something. Yeah. And you walk in and, you and see then the, the white supremacists show up. And, yeah. Yeah. I think one of the some of the one of the articles was mentioning they spoke to a patron who was a Jewish person and they, you know. Obviously, I can't imagine what they went through or felt like with seeing that. But again, like letting that, letting people sit in your establishment and doing that is setting a terrible precedent mm -hmm. and like com communicating something terrible to the people coming and going from the restaurant. Like it was a huge mistake to let them, whoever's mistake it was, whether it was just the clerk or the manager or whatever, in the moment, like, what do you do? But like, so I don't know. I guess I'm to, to, to finish like the the power dynamics of it and like i guess a way to think about it for you if you encounter this because here's the deal like we we may like there's going to be more of this i'm sure in the area um especially as we get closer to 2024 uh, election and stuff as a patron you can't really do much of anything unless you want to 
just take it upon you yourself and get confident, you know, I want to beat these people. I want to punch them. Right. Like if you want to take that, like, obviously you're assaulting somebody, like obviously you're breaking, you know, you're putting yourself at risk at that point. Maybe you are proving their point. Maybe they are going to get pro propaganda or maybe they are there. And that's the thing about civil disobedience. It goes both ways. Like this is also why, you know, during the civil rights movement, the sit-ins, people would just sit down at a restaurant table and then other people would come in and beat the, beat the crap out of them. And you always sympathize with the victim in that situation. That's the power of nonviolent protest is like you sympathize with the person being nonviolent. So that's true in that situation too. So like, you know, you could be practicing civil disobedience as a Nazi doing that, but also you could be practicing civil disobedience, beating the crap out of one, knowing you're getting in trouble and doing it anyes. Like that's what civil disobedience is. Like I'm gonna break the law. It's a bullshit law. I'm doing it anyways. So like you could take yeah. that upon a person and like that that's an option too, you know, but that's between you and then willing to accept those consequences or whatever. Fun fact, that's one of the 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 uh the tactics that white supremacists would use with people who would do the sit-ins. They would get guys to go in and beat the crap out of them mm-hmm. and be like, Don't worry, we'll be at the jail at the jailhouse before you with bail money and everything. Exactly. Exactly. So right. when they got arrested, they would immediately be bailed out. Yep. Had a whole process of procedure, procedure, someone else to kind of fill in the spot, keep it going. Absolutely. So, you know, that's that's one level of it. The second level of it is like an employee, um, not a manager or maybe like a middle manager or something, but like just like a clerk or middle manager or something where it's like, okay, this person came into my restaurant. <clears throat> you could take it upon yourself to say, no, I'm not going to serve them. Like maybe you're going to get in trouble. Maybe the owner wants you to in ways, but you could just be like, nah, not going to happen and just call it even though it's maybe not your call or something like that's an option. Maybe against accepting the consequences um, or, you know, let them sit there and then ex- deal with the issue of patrons leaving or patrons talking shit about your restaurant. Now, I mean, I know a lot of people are talking crap about torchies now. Like I didn't hear the, you know, that they, that they were like, we can know them. We'll reject it the next time. Like that helps. But that, that's an option too. Like you kind of have a little bit, but like really the only person in that situation who has the most power is the owner of the restaurant or the owner of the establishment. And like that person can kind of choose to do whatever they want, in my opinion, to deal with that situation. And like, if I ever heard an owner was like, you guys should leave or whatever, I want you guys out of here. And the Nazis are like, no, or cause a scene or something. And like the owner, like beat beat the shit out of a bunch of Nazis. Like I would support that establishment forever. If that was, if someone actually did that, you know? Well, like as a patron, that's a different thing. Like just a random stranger getting into it, and doing mm-hmm. it, versus like the person who's running the place doing it. I think sends a much bigger, you know, statement on it or whatever. You're not expecting you're not expecting Nazis to show up, you know. Of course not. That still gets me. Like you just go to get tacos, the tacos at Torchies, and then Nazis decided, hey, this is where we want to hang out right now. Yeah, it's and what do you think it says about like? the area that that this was able to happen like oh definitely emboldened because remember this event was put together by a uh the, the reason they were there was because there was a conservative event put on put on put together by a republican fundraiser i'm not saying their name because i'm not going to yeah. platform them but uh you know you, you get things like tim o'hare becoming county commissioner mm. And it emboldens them, you know. They they think they're safer there, mm-hmm. so they're gonna ca- they're gonna congregate around those areas. 
doesn't help that a lot of people are like advertising it as a safe haven you know yeah exactly you've got a similar thing happening not just in fort worth but in parts of collin county as well which is absolutely weird to me um but you know fort worth is the bigger marquee city so that's where they're going and that's why and unfortunately we're we're pretty i mean we have we're diverse but not as diverse as dallas or arlington right right that's interesting unfortunately i think i think this is gonna get you know become a more recurring problem yeah because they feel i'm I'm gonna be straight up they feel safe in fort worth yeah i agree and it makes sense you know the kkk this is like a kkk haven headquarters whatever Mm -hmm. for a long period of time back way back in the day um so yeah and a lot of these people are still here now fort worthians i think are you know i think it's known among fort worthians there's not a lot of uh out migration like a lot of people stay here um or born here for generations like i am a sixth generation fort worthian like and there's a lot of people that just don't leave so those ideas are still here you know like those that that stuff is still here <sighs> yeah i don't know man things are weird things are weird vibe is weird what do you think like let's just i know we're we're supposed to be like i kind of like just between me and you like i'm down to talk about whatever while we're talking because i don't know when i guess we should do another episode like after the election to recap it but i don't know when we're gonna i mean it'll probably be you know april or something before we do another one like what do you think about the vibe of the country right now like with the shooting in maine um with israel palestine you know i think right now you're having like beef between like the younger younger generations and the older generations because the younger generations are they're not towing that line like other generations did you know they're actually speaking out and a lot of these things that used to be like fringe topics or had like fringe support now it's becoming going into the mainstream you know like when Biden came out in support of Israel, it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't as popular as it was in the 80s, you know? Yeah. Or even like when he was vice president. Because these new newer generations, they have a different idea. They've been paying attention, you know? Yeah, man. And I think that's going to p- play a lot a uh, pivotal factor in what happens next in the in these upcoming elections. Yeah, I'm. That's interesting. I'm really curious because you're right. Like, I think I think our generation, you know, we we've seen a lot of the over the past decade between each election cycle. You know, um, man, this is actually kind of crazy to sit and think about. Um, <laughs> you know, Obama was 08, but 2010. I guess if you want to start at the last decade, 2010 is the Tea Party wave like taking the house and then you got like snowden and it's like oh government you know and that's that's all of this is amidst the 08 crisis because that lasted years so we're like looking to biden i mean we're looking to to obama and he's like steering the ship and like yeah and like the snowden leaks happen and it's like oh no more trust in the government again like kind of like back in the 70s when it was like a loss of trust in the government right and then we have 2016 
and like everything fucking just goes to shit. <laughs> you know, like everything goes fucking crazy. Trump wins, Hillary loses, but Bernie Sanders got cocked blocked and like didn't get, you know, got by Hillary. Um, less less trust in the government, you know, and then of course Trump <clears throat> just mm-hmm. just you know, bull in a china shop for four years, all this crazy fucking shit. And like the kids growing up and seeing this, right? Like seeing all the crazy shit, all the division, all the, uh, during those four years, everybody's mad at everybody. Everything's fucking crazy, you know? And then COVID happens. And so like, I don't know, now that I'm dealing with 14 year olds and kind of seeing where they're at, like they're in a very different place than just the kids even four or five years ago. Like they look at the, and you know, and then at the end of Trump, you have the January 6th, like the storming of the Capitol. And like, that was a huge deal. And I think a lot of us kind of are forgetting that. Like it's a trauma that like we kind of forget. Oh, I don't want to think about that. Like everything's fine. Everything's fine. There was no, you know, there was no insurrection. Everything's fine. But like to be growing up and seeing that, like I can't imagine like how are you going to trust in the government or the institutions that we have if you see that? Like, and it's still half the country like not thinking it's a big deal and like other people, the other half like overreacting about, you know, like, I really, I'm really like, it sucks because like, I feel like four years ago we were saying, oh, the youth are going to save us. Like all the Bernie, Bernie young people, the AOC young people, like they're going to come out and vote. They're going to save us. But I feel like now after all this crazy fucking bullshit, like they're, they're going to be, they're going to not want anything to do with any of this. I I don't know. I hope not. I hope that's not the case, but I feel like it's going to lead to way less people wanting to care or getting engaged because it's like, what's the fucking point? This is all a disaster. It's going to sound really morbid, but for people to get more engaged, uh, you got some people in office who need to die. I'd say go away, but they're not stepping down. You know what I'm saying? We're they're literally not. having to wait for them to pass away. Like yeah. Diane Feinstein yeah. should have stepped down years ago. She was given, she, yeah, she was giving her power of attorney to her, to a daughter. And still serving as a U.S. senator. That should not be happening. No. And it's just, you know, greed of power and greed. Like people just not wanting to let go of the reins. Yeah, dude. It's like. I mean, Mitch McConnell, the man who can't die, died twice in front of everyone and respawned. <laughs> I didn't know you could kill death. <laughs> yeah. He's going to probably be the next one, right? Like. You know, death pools are morbid, but I feel like in in this sense, like if you're gonna do a death pool out of out of anybody, it's it should be politicians, right? Like I don't know, right? I feel like they should be fair game or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, like it's probably Mitch, and then like I don't know, Nancy too. Like everyone loves her; she raises more money than any than God or whatever for the Democratic Party, right? But come on, man, she's been in there so fucking long, dude. She's terrible. She's terrible. Let's get yeah, I will give her this. At least she stepped down from her speakership when she was still cognizant. Yeah, but I mean, that, but no, she needs to go too. If the Democrats take back the House, she'll do it again. I bet. I, I would bet she's going to run for speaker again if if they take it in twenty twenty four, which they might. The projections are actually looking like they might take back the House in twenty twenty four. Yeah, is, which is weird. Well, it's going to be interesting because right now Trump's winning, so he'd be dealing with a. Uh, Blue Congress. Yeah. That it, aren't gonna let him do anything. Trump's yeah. not gonna win. I'm sorry. I know I know the first time around we were all idiots. We were all proven idiots for saying Trump's not gonna win. I don't think it's I do not I don't I don't see it this time. I do not America yeah. has changed since when he was in office. 
And yeah, he still think, has his people, but I don't know. You think it's going to be like, uh, like, uh, not 2018, 2022, last year, mm. where like, even though Biden's approval rating was really, really, really low, everyone voted blue. Yeah, because it's obviously the better option. I mean, and that's, uh, I'm, I don't like Biden. I'm not crazy about Biden, like for a no. million reasons. But like, if it's going to be him versus Trump or, you know, I don't, who, if it's not Trump, like, let's just say, uh, for just, you know, let's just roll with the theme here and just say Trump dies all of a sudden, like out of the blue, aneurysm, something. Like, who, who would it be? I was going to say DeSantis, but DeSantis is currently, you know, getting yeah. beat. Not, definitely not him, I don't think anymore. Everyone's eating each other. Yeah, it's, dude, the Republican Party is a shit show right now. It's, we didn't, if you don't know, listener, like, I know we're supposed to be a local podcast talking about local city council stuff. Maybe you don't pay attention to Congress or something, but if you don't know, we have not had a Speaker of the House for, like, almost a month. Like, we just got one, but three, what, three days ago or something? We got a new one who's way worse than the last guy we had, yeah. McCarthy. But, like, you, which means the House hasn't done anything because you can't do anything without a Speaker. So we have like no laws have been passed, nothing's been done because the Republican Party has been eating itself alive, trying to figure out who the new which. To to be fair, it's like what does the Republican Party do? Because their their job is to obstruct things and make things not happen in the government. Yeah. So if like nothing's getting done, the when they're having all this this chaos, yeah. what are they doing? Succeeding. From their perspective, yeah. right? Because that's that you're right. You're you're hitting the nail on the head there. That is their ideology. They don't want the government to do anything. So fantastic when Congress is at a standstill. That's actually good for 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 conservatives and libertarians. Um, yeah, I think you make a great point. That's uh that's overlooked by us leftists because we're so concerned about the 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 apparatus like functioning. Because <laughs> we want so, we need we recognize it needs to right for people's yeah. Uh, Getting back to these, to the young people not wanting to get involved politically, I I don't know because I'm seeing a lot of them getting more involved and paying attention than previous generations, and I think that's one of the things that that's got people worried. I hope so. At least the, the establishment in power has them worried because people are actually signing up to vote. You got Republicans now, you know, wanting to raise the the voting age. Yeah, that's true. Which is insane. And you know. It's conveniently requirements they didn't have to jump through, but wouldn't apply to them. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, dude, fuck people who like are ladder tipper over or whatever, whatever you call it. Like, I want to use, I want to climb up the wall and then I'm just going to cut the rope, you know, or whatever, cut the bridge when I get on the other side. Fuck those people. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. You got anything else you want to hit before we move to the propositions? I feel like we could spend a lot of time on it. There's a lot of them. No, I think I think I'm ready. Okay, I'll do this. I was like, I had a feeling that it was possible we could get into Israel Palestine, but that's a we could spend the rest of the podcast talking about that. Oh, we so. could, yeah, we could get into that <laughs> if you wanted to. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. To be frank, like I have, because you and I and people of our generation and people older than us know this happens you know obviously not an invasion of gaza but like things happen 
every two or three years where this this debate pops up over again and again and again um and it's always the same fucking arguments it's always the same fucking finger pointing it's always the same extremes from both sides uh this time around like i just couldn't i just could not engage like i just had to everything anything pertaining to anything about it i just had to be like i'm not reading this i'm not looking at I, i can't i don't want to stir myself for my sanity's sake right like i can't i don't i got too much shit going on right now to get as pissed off as i get about this every time it happens because it's fucking infuriating um so for right. the listeners sake like i feel I, I think we should just move on <laughs> and you know maybe next time we have it maybe on the next episode have some time maybe there'll be some developments worth talking about or something <sighs> um so we got this article from the texas tribune of course provided below in the links regarding all of the propositions so who, what's on the ballot this year and i I'm going to be, Thomas, like, if you know more about this than I do, like, please say so. I have not had the chance to do the research for the other local, there are some local offices that are up, but I haven't had time to make a spreadsheet or look them up and see which, see what's up. So I, do you know, per, <laughs> by chance? Time to either, because yeah. I've been so bogged down with work. That's fine, man. I mean, yeah, same. Yeah. So just know that there may be some judges, judgeships that are, I'm, I'm guessing, there's, I feel like every year those are up. Um, there may be some like county offices, like, you know, positions, county clerk type stuff, justice of the peace type stuff. I think I'm guessing it's going to be like those types of things. Um, of course, city offices, city council, all that's going to be in May. We'll be ready for that. That's kind of our main focus. But just understand you know, try to, I feel terrible saying try to do your own research. That's our whole, our whole job here is to do that for you. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll try to provide resources down below to help you figure that out. But we're just going to be mostly talking about the thing that's on the ballot for all of us Texans. We've got some propositions that are on the, essentially, as if you've done this before, constitutional changes, because that's how we do shit here. Uh, how many is it? 14 constitutional changes that are being proposed. Uh, some of them are bonkers crazy. Some of them are actually pretty good. It's actually kind of heartening. So we'll just go down the list. Did you make a yes, no? I didn't ask you to do this. I'm so sorry. I'm putting you on the spot. Did you, did you decide how you felt about these? Yes. Okay, me too. Sweet. Let's see. I, I imagine we're probably lined up pretty well, but I'm, I'll be, be curious right. to see. Uh, did you want to go into who's eligible to vote or right into the propositions? Okay, yeah. Let's hit it. Um, Early voting already started, so if you missed early voting uh, the first week, that's okay. You got one more week left. Uh, we are recording this on the 29th. Right? Yep. Is today Sunday? Yeah. This is Saturday the 29th. Today is Sunday, yeah. It's is this the 29th. Year? Oh, my God, this is 2022. God damn it. Okay, I pulled up the wrong PDF. God damn it. Okay. Um, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'll have to fix. I'm going to write it. Uh, I don't have my... I, oh, uh, by the way, uh, listener, you probably noticed I'm not editing out any cuss words this time. Like, I'm not going to have time to go through and edit out all the cuss words. So just deal with that. Um, but I am going to mark where I'm going to have to reinsert this part, this part so, so I give you guys that. Hey, I've been intentionally trying not to curse. Sorry. Let's just make your life easy. Uh, let's just screw it. Let's just, let's, just, let's just roll with it. Let's just speak our hearts, speak okay. our mind. Um, okay. okay. I appreciate you. So early approach. Thank you for thank no you problem. For Early voting in person runs from October 23rd to November 3rd. Okay. 
And then election day is going to be November 7th. Thank you. So what are the early voting times? Yeah. It depends on the polling location, but I know on the election day, polls are going to be open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. I assume it's going to be similar for early voting. Okay. Yeah. What I had, at least for last year, my dates are wrong, but the last week of early voting is 7 to 7. The first week is 8 to 5. So cool. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so that's, I'll, I'll, yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. Sweet. So, as far as eligibility, you, you you had to be registered. So if you were not registered, you cannot vote. Um, your last mm -hmm. chance to register was a month ago. Sorry about that. Um, so if you're not registered to vote, that will be. I will provide that information in the thing. Again, in Texas, we don't do it online because we live in the dark ages. Um, you have right. to do it by snail mail. So we can at least send you to a link to where you can print off your own form. <laughs> or you can go to the election office. They got a bunch of them there. Uh, and you can fill it out, and and then in, in one month's time, you will receive your voter registration card. Um, yeah, there's we we've ranted about that plenty of times, so I'm not going to do it again. There's plenty of uh, valid voter IDs you can use to vote. You can use your voter registration card. You can use your driver's license. You can use a Texas election identification certificate, a Texas personal identification card. My personal favorite, a Texas license to carry a handgun issued by DPS. Wow. Are you US fucking kidding me? So you can use your handgun license, but you can't use a student ID? Yeah. Yes, and that, that's absolutely intentional by Republicans. Most students don't vote. Most yeah. students tend to vote blue. Yeah. Which is why they also and like I said, college locations. You know, this goes back to what we were saying earlier about you know the suppression of the younger voter. You know these these younger generations aren't putting up with the same same stuff as the older generations, and the conservative party is kind of starting to die a little bit. Yeah, that's why you're seeing all this infighting and everyone's fighting is because they have this identity crisis because they hand they handed the entire personality of the party to a madman. And we're seeing, you reap what you sow, right? So we're seeing the consequences of this. Like they sold their right. soul to the devil sort of thing. Yeah. <sighs> other, other forms of ID include the U.S. military ID with a personal photo, a U.S. citizenship certificate with a personal photo, or a U.S. passport. Okay. Fair. Passport's fair. That makes sense. Got enough forms there. So yeah, so you please have bring an ID. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and but not yeah. your student ID. Apparently, that's yeah, not, that not good enough for these people. But hopefully, you can come in there if you want to make a little little sticky note with your propositions, like one through fourteen, and yes, no, what you want to vote on them ahead of time. That's it's a good way to go about it, so you can make it quick and easy. That's what I always do. I just write it down. So let's hit it. Uh, do you want to? I guess take turns reading the propositions and then discussing them or something or how do you want to go about it yeah and i'll go first for proposition one okay. because i have feelings um proposition one hjr 126 the constitutional amendment protecting the right to engage in farming ranching timber production horticulture and wildlife management sounds basically nice what were you gonna say it just the way they worded it makes it sound very innocuous. You know, like very like but yeah. 
Like it's not it's in a big deal. Yeah, but as always, the devil is in the details. <laughs> um you know, what this means is with Texas uh cities continuing to grow, um the the bar threshold for state and local regulation of generally accepted farming and ranting practices mm-hmm. is getting raised. So like Basically, it would require require, uh, state and local governments to provide evidence that the regulation is needed to protect the public from danger. So they couldn't prevent a city from banning farming in in an area for no specific reason. But they could allow for a government to require ranchers to put up fences for livestock. What this spells out to me is like, say we wanted like, oh, I don't know, a Texas-sized railway, something like that. It's going to be a lot harder for them to, you know, build this thing because, you know, half of Texas is farmland. It's it's that it's it's also just about profit. You know, this is just deregulation, you know, get rid of the regulations for agriculture. And like you said, a lot of Texas Mm -hmm. is agriculture. And so this is like, no, make the cities or the counties prove that you have, that we need these regulations to keep people safe. Otherwise, we just let the farmers and ranchers do whatever they want. And here's the deal. This is what bothers me about it. It implies we're talking about little, little farmers on their own little farms. Let, we're going to let this little guy, let his horses roam and let his, let his cattle graze over here. Let him do his little farming on his little spot. It's no problem. That's not how farming works anymore. Factory farming is what we do. We just like fucking three companies that do it all, right? Like <laughs> this yep. would be just gigantic companies being allowed to do whatever the fuck they want with no regulations and making way more money because they don't gotta pay all this money to like, oh, you know, not dump shit in the river or not use these pesticides or not burn these chemicals oh. or whatever. Best part about that, that little that little farmer that's trying they say they're trying to protect, um, they're getting screwed the most here. Mm-hmm. 100%. Because those big, those big farm, those big uh, farming companies, they run those smaller farmers out of the, out of practice, or they charge them, or they pay them like way too little to to create, you know, to work for them. Um, Absolutely. Which is that's what happens in America. That's America, right? Fucking monopolies, right? Con- you know, conglomerates. Fucking uh, what's the word? Mergers. And acquisitions, whatever, right? Like everyone's just eating oligopolies. Yeah, exactly. So that's why you got no mom and pop shops anymore. Walmart got rid of all that shit twenty years ago. And so same thing, mm-hmm. and same thing with factory farms and little farmers and stuff. So that's that's to me like so obviously vote no for Proposition One that for both of us, like like this is ridiculous. But this understand that like they're making it sound like this is for for people and it's not for people. This is for companies. Companies aren't real. Um. Right. Sorry. They're I spoke. Not, I spoke. Companies for you, are Thomas. not people. Just so we're clear. Yeah. Companies are not people. They are not people. <laughs> Sorry. I wanted to give you the opportunity, Thomas. I spoke for you, and I said you said vote no. I wanted you to speak for yourself. Oh well, you know, just to speak for myself. Uh, vote hell no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Vote no on prop one. Prop two. Prop two says, and remember that they always word these in tricky ways. You know, you got to read between the lines right. on the way they word these. Constitutional Amendment, uh, oh, it's, it's SJR, Senate Joint Resolution 64. 
The constitutional amendment authorizing the uh, local option exemption from ad valorem taxation by a county or municipality of all or part of the appraised of appraised value of a real property used to operate a child care facility. So what is this, as the article says, what does this mean? This resolution would allow cities and, con- and counties to exempt child care providers from property taxes for any facilities used to run a child care business. Uh, I say vote no. Here's why. Um, this would essentially mean there's less tax money to go around. Um, so we're going to have to tax regular people more. Because, uh, again, it's, it's it, the way it works. We either tax businesses or people, right? We, protect, we do both. But if we're going to cut taxes at businesses, which, again, are not people, right? Businesses are different. And also businesses make way more money than people do. If the businesses are not paying the taxes, then the people are going to be t- paying it. So it, on the face of it, this looks as good because it's like, oh, well, we need more child care facilities. A lot of them closed during COVID. So we need to help small business owners open their small businesses and let have, let's have some more child care facilities. And the way we'll help that is we'll mean they don't have to pay taxes. Um, I say there's other ways to do that. You can incentivize that in different ways without not having to pay their taxes. Um, because if, if they're not paying it, then that means you and me are paying it. And I don't think that's fair. Um, what do you think? Yeah. You know, at first I was like, you know, I think, you know, these childcare facilities deserve a break, but you know, these aren't, once again, these aren't going to be your mom and pop babysitters. These are going to be like yep. these major, you know, these major companies that have these childcare facilities going on and that, and those tax that tax hole they're they're creating because of less less tax revenue is going to be have to have to be met somewhere. Yep, hundred percent. I mean, it's really simple if you want to. You know, not not a lot of things in the world are simple. Not everything's black and white. But when you're talking about taxes, it's pretty easy to say: is this a pro business tax or is this a pro people tax? Right? Like, who are we helping in the situation? And if we just look at the situation, this is a pro business tax uh, exemption. Um, and I, I, you know. When, if you don't know, a lot of us older people know when Trump did the new tax thing in 2017, the new tax laws, a lot of us middle class people lost a lot of exemptions that we used to get every year. Uh, we don't get those anymore, mm-hmm. um, which means we're, all, we're now paying more in taxes because of that. And so this would be another, this would be an exemption, but not for people, for businesses. And so again, that's just kind of try and see who's being helped in that situation. I don't know. I guess you want to hit the next one? Yes. Proposition 3, HJR 132, the constitutional amendment prohibiting the imposition of an individual wealth or net net worth tax, including a tax on the difference between the assets and liabilities of an individual or family. Basically, they're trying to get rid of wealth taxes. Yep. Um, And like we were saying earlier, you know, if you're not taxing the people who can afford it, who wouldn't be affected that much by it, because most most wealthy people also, you know, take advantage of tax loopholes because, you know, this this country favors the rich. Yep. Um, that means the not rich or the normal person is going to have to pay more. And the only reason they're OK, they're they're able to do this is because they've convinced everyone that they're not poor. They're just temporarily embarrassed millionaires. And that is not the case. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's pretty bold too, right? Like they're just like, we don't want a wealth tax. Let's just make it illegal to where you can't even do wealth tax. Let's do that. Like, fuck, are you kidding me? Right. 
Texas has, I forget the number, so I'm maybe speaking out of turn here. But Texas has, a, I'll just say this, Texas has a lot of billionaires. There's only so many billionaires in the world. There's only so many that live in the United States. Of the one that lives in the United States, uh, like a lot of them are in Texas, like way more than I want to say any other state. I guess obviously California and New York probably have a lot too. So yeah, that's money that we, you know, come on, tax those motherfuckers. Come on, dude. Are you kidding me? I don't know. I guess that one's easy. Okay, I guess I'll, I'll go. Are we ready to number, number four? Um, yeah. Proposition four is a House Joint Resolution 2. The constitutional amendment to authorize the legislature to establish a temporary limit on the maximum appraised value of a real property other than a resident's homestead for ad valorem tax purposes to increase the amount of the exemption from ad valorem taxation by a school district applicable to residents' homesteads from $40,000 to $100,000, to adjust the amount of the limitation on school district ad valorem taxes imposed on the residents' homesteads of the elderly or disabled to reflect increases in, this is the longest one, uh, certain exemption amounts to exempt certain appropriations to pay for ad valorem tax relief from the constitutional limitation on the rate growth of appropriations, and to authorize the legislature to provide for a four-year term of office for a member of the board of directors of certain appraisal districts. Okay, okay, that's a lot. Sorry, that was a lot, listener. And I was like, what? My brain didn't really process all that either. Um, essentially, we get homestead exemptions. If you're a homeowner, you kind of know what that is. If, like, if you only got one house, you can exempt that house if you're living it. And so it's like, what that exemption means, you get a, like a discount on your taxes. And recently, like it was like a twelve thousand five hundred dollar discount, and like was it two years ago? I think they made it thirty thousand dollars, and or forty forty thousand dollars. And so this would essentially be making that exemption to a hundred thousand dollars, which that's a really big deal to a homeowner. If you have a three hundred thousand dollar house, well, with this with this proposition, you would only pay taxes on two thousand two hundred thousand of it. So that, is this good for the regular person? Like, yes, if you consider a homeowner a regular person. Obviously, there's plenty of people who are renters. This wouldn't necessarily impact them or affect them. But like me as a homeowner myself, like this would be relief. This would be, everyone's always complaining about property taxes, property taxes, property taxes. Again, the reason the property taxes are so high is because we don't have a state income tax. The only other way we can get it is a sales tax and the sales tax can only be so big. It's as big as it can possibly be. Um. According to the law, we have a law that says it can't be bigger. So property taxes is the only way we can do it. So if people are wanting relief, this is that relief where it's like, well, you don't got to pay full percent taxes. You you get a $100,000 discount essentially like on the taxes that you would pay. So I say vote yes on this because this is going to allow more money to stay in most people's pockets. People who are homeowners, they'll have that more money. Again, if you're like, you know, if you're like, don't, you know, I don't know. What is your take on this? Well, I know we have high property taxes. That's why we don't have a state tax. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to, you know, hurt some of the revenue from that. So I'm wondering where the, where they're going to make up the difference for that. I guess it's that $12.7 billion package of property tax cuts that needs approval in order to take effect. So that's $12.7 billion that we have to find now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you're totally right. Part of it uh, is this allocation to the school district. So 
I mean, one way to look at this is there's essentially a law that says if, if the state Congress is going to pass um, new tax laws or like appropriate money and needing more taxes to pay for that stuff, uh, the people of Texas have to agree to it and vote on it before it actually happens. So this is kind of that, where it's like the House and the Senate voted on this and it passed. It kind of became a law, but it can't become a, actually real until the people of Texas agree on it. Um, which is good. That is a for that is pretty democratic for Texas. <laughs> we don't get much more democratic than that here. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to see if people if this will go or not. Like I don't know, it might not. But part of part of this, if it does pass, then a lot of this money, seven point one billion of this money, will be allocated to school districts to help pay for that. Um, so I don't, you know, I, I, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you ask a very good question, Thomas, and that, there's not an answer for this right here. Like, where's that? Where's that money going to come from? So that's a that's a valid point. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, here's I highlight. I highlight I, sorry, if you, sorry if you're going to say something. I was going to go to prop five, but I know you're going to say something. One so more thing I'll wait. before we do five. Uh, to your point, at the very bottom of what the section for four, it says this amendment would also expand. The pool of businesses that don't have to pay states franchise the state franchise tax and would allow voters to elect a th like three members of their local appraisal board, uh, which are currently appointed. So it's like I guess a plus and a minus. Um, more businesses would get tax exemptions from it, which as we just explained is bad. But the people who are going to deal with this money and how it's being allocated would then be voted on rather than appointed, which that's more democratic. So that's good. So I don't know. Take take it take all that for what you will, voter. That's the silver lining right there. Yeah. All right. Prop five. House Joint Resolution three. The constitutional amendment relating to the Texas University Fund, which provides funding to certain institutions of higher ed education to achieve national prominence as major research universities and drive the state economy. So what does that mean? Uh, the amendment would rename the National Research University Fund to the Texas University Fund. The University Fund would gain the annual interest income, dividends, and investment earnings from Texas Rainy Day Fund to support research at state universities. Yeah. Total money moved to the University Fund in the 2024 fiscal year would be limited to $100 million. The annual amount may be adjusted for inflation and is limited to a 2% growth rate. The Texas a and and University of Texas systems will not receive money from the fund as they receive research funds from a separate permanent university fund. House Bill 1595 will also take effect if the amendment is passed, requiring the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board to determine which universities are eligible and the size of each deposit. The fund will be managed by the Comptroller and the Texas Treasury Safekeeping Trust Company. Um, I didn't really have an opinion on this, but I'm going to go no, and I'll tell you why. Hmm. Um, I honestly think what's going to happen with this, if this passes, is it's going to become a way to funnel money to to private universities. Because they're cutting out public says, education systems. It says go ahead. research at state universities. So the the Texas Ready, Ready Day Fund would be taken, the interest from that would be taken to support it, only state universities. Um, okay, well, I in think, that case, I, I, I switched my answer to a yes. 
Yeah, I think this is really good, actually. Um, now, the, the, the Texas has obviously education problems like it, uh, across the board, like it, as well as higher education in colleges. Um, but this is essentially like making a permanent allocation. So we, if you don't know, listener, we have a rainy day fund. Not a, I don't think every state has these where it's just like money set aside, like a savings account for emergencies and stuff. And there's just like billions of dollars that just sit in it. And we don't, oftentimes, unless there's a really big emergency, we don't touch it. Um, and so there's interest that accrues from that every year. And this is essentially saying the interest from that every year is going to go to, to these schools to help them, to help fund them. But the reason they exclude Texas A&M in the UT system is because they already get a bunch of money from other stuff, other laws that were already passed. Because University of Texas is like the, is the state, like the flagship state school. But like UNT uh, is a state school. Um, I'm trying to think of another one that's not part of the UT system. Um, but yeah, I get a and is another one. a and is like a, uh, a tech is a state school. It's not private. Uh, Texas Tech is another one. State school, not private. And so like all those other ones that are state schools, not private, but not UT <laughs> and not a and <laughs> the rest of them would get to split all of that money, um, which is actually means more money would go around. Because again, like if you count the UT system, that's, that's was that six schools? You got UT El Paso, UT Tyler, UT San Antonio, UT Austin, UT Arlington, UT Dallas. There might be one or two that I'm missing. Um, so Did that you say would, UT Tyler. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, that would be you know money split among all of those schools, and so it's not all, none of those schools are getting it. So that means that like UNT, for instance, the other ones would get would get more. I don't know. To me, it seems pretty good. Like our colleges need money. Um, now you could probably nitpick the crap out of like other ways to do this and probably better ways to do this, but this seems pretty good. To, like I'm gonna vote yes on this one. This seems pretty good to me. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I think your, your question was valid. Like if, if, if this wasn't going to go to certain schools for not a good reason, like, yeah, what the fuck, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that was, that was my initial reaction is like, I, you know, I'm, I'm so used to seeing, uh, fuckery afoot that yeah. I, I assumed that that's what they were going to do because when you're not looking at, at it, that's what happens. Exactly. No, hundred percent. Question everything. Question everything. Sweet. Exactly. Um, proposition six is we're creating a new fund, new 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 bank account. This one, this constitutional amendment, SJR seventy five, uh, is creating the Texas Water Fund to assist in financing water projects in the state. So, as a leftist, I think you know usually it's a good thing when we create a new government agency. And we give it money to do something, especially if it's something that's important and worth doing, right? Now, there are plenty of government agencies that are pointless and don't need money and don't do shit. But I think we can all agree that climate change is real. Uh, Texas is going to have drought issues, running out of water issues. We already are, right? Um, that's just going to get worse. And so this is essentially trying to get ahead of that by creating a fund, a special bank account with money in it just to deal with water issues and water infrastructure and water things. Uh, like, of course we should do that. We probably should have done this fucking 20 years ago, to be honest. Um, but better late than never. So uh, a little bit of details about it. If approved, this resolution would create a new special fund in the state treasury outside of the general revenue fund endowed with a $1 billion down payment. Uh, the fund would be administered by the Texas Water Development Board to support a wide range of projects, including fixing Texas's aging, deteriorating pipes, acquiring more water sources, and mitigating water loss. This is, I think, the good part about it. Uh, a portion of the fund 
would have to be used for water infrastructure infrastructure projects in rural areas as well for water conservation strategies and water loss projects. At least 25% of the fund would be used for the new water supply fund for Texas, which support projects to increase the state's water supply through, for example, marine desalinization or desalination and treating, quote, produced water, uh, which comes from the ground during the oil fracking process. Gross! Um, but I mean, yeah, if we're running out of water and you're like, what, do, what options do we got? And you got some mm-hmm. fracking water, like that's an option, but that's fucking gross. But yeah, I right. think we need this, right? Like we, we need this, especially the rural areas need this. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think it's, it's really important. I think that, uh, rural areas often get overlooked with a lot of these, these programs and measures and that, uh, they need more attention because their infrastructure is even older, older than our normal cities would be oftentimes. Nope. You know, you might have a city where the infrastructure was, hasn't been changed since the nineties. Yeah. Well, in rural cities, it might not have been changed since the seventies, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. And we've got a lot of work and that's the thing. Like that's, it's, we need it. Excuse me. I know we got like the Green New Deal thing that is not really around much anymore. Like it was an idea. We did a little bit of it, but that's like literally what we need. You want jobs? We, our country is falling apart. Just do the New Deal again. Just do, just put billions and billions of dollars into infrastructure and just hire a bunch of people to do all of that stuff. Do the WPA again. Hire a bunch of artists to make art for their local communities so they're all nice and pretty and have a lot of art and it's just you're funding the arts you got a lot of money going to that like that's the best like do that shit like there's just so much there's so many things that we could be doing just throwing money around making our country better giving it to people who need it uh giving them something to do with it um i don't know why we're not doing that stuff okay i'm sorry i'm getting sidetracked um billionaires need more money you have to think about them <laughs> billionaires are people too yeah <sighs> Uh, I want I want to make sure everyone knows that billionaires are in fact not people. <laughs> okay, um, no. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, no. I know you're joking, and you you're not though. But I, I do want to say this because this is something. This is uh, to your point. I, and maybe you disagree with me on this. And if you do, that's fine. We can we can we can talk about it. Um, okay. I think something that's common among us leftists. We want to eat the rich. We want to you know fuck those rich people. Bring out the guillotines, guillotines, whatever. Um, it's important. Again, I'm always saying this, right? It's, it has to be a multi-faceted, multicultural, multi-everything movement. It has to be all of us. It has to be a vanguard. It has to be everybody. We can't be selective about who is and in and who who's not a part of this 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 coalition, right? For better for a better world, we have to include rich people in the coalition for a better world. Now, notice I didn't say yeah, I didn't say right. billionaires. I didn't say billionaires, but rich people. Are. I know, I know, but exactly like rich people. Just like people didn't ask to be born in Gaza, right? But if you were born there, that's just the circumstances that you have. It's not your fault, right? Same for Jewish citizens. Same for super super rich ass fucking people that are born into rich ass families. You didn't ask to be born in that situation. That's the situation that you were put in. Um, so we need to be compassionate to those people too. Uh, but we need to create a world, a better world that is like. For them too, but I agree with you, Thomas. That world, that world that we create, shouldn't have billionaires in it. We don't want those. 
Those are bad. Yeah, here's the way I look at it. The second you win capitalism, your humanity ceases to exist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to win at capitalism, you have to destroy the humanity in others, right? Like, a lot of others. And yourself. Others. Yeah. yeah, and yourself, 100%. Yeah. That's alienation. That's Marx right there. Read Marx. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is, it, is it on you or me? I think it's me now. Okay. Prop 7, uh, Senate Joint Resolution 93 of the Constitutional Amendment providing for the creation of the Texas Energy Fund to support the construction, maintenance, modernization, and operation of electrical generated facilities. Um, I want to say yes, but let's dive into this. Mm-hmm. If approved, this resolution would create a state fund allowing officials to distribute loans and grants to companies with the aim of building new natural gas-fueled power plants. Mm-hmm. This would include giving a 3% interest loan for the construction of or upgrades to gas-fueled power plants on the state's main electric mm-hmm. grid. And paying a bonus for getting new plants connected by June 2029. The legislature set aside $5 billion to fund these programs for the next two years. Supporters say more gas fuel power is needed because it can come, come on any time, unlike wind and solar power, that depend on the wind to blow and the sun to shine and to operate. Till gas-powered power plants are not always reliable and emit greenhouse gases, which are driving climate change. Yeah. I just realized I didn't put yes or no on this one. What do you think? I think that, you know, anything that helps with the power grid is good. But I also think that, you know, we need to be very, very conscious of the, of the, you know, carbon footprint we're going to, we're going to be leaving here. And that needs to be a really big consideration. Yep. I'm inclined to say no. They they don't. You don't need... trust it. Yeah, like let me read it. Let me read it again. Okay. Create a state fund allowing officials to distribute loans and grants to companies. Yeah. So this isn't like. Yeah, this is setting money aside for companies, specifically oil companies, to help them do oil or natural gas. Like they don't need help. Like, if you want to do it, this doesn't say they can't do it. They can still do it. They just got to pay out of pocket to do it. Yeah. Nah, fuck those guys. Nah. I say no on Proposition 7. Um, that's all this. That's, that really, I think that's all this is. It's just helping them do that. This, that's all. This is just, rather than setting money aside for the, you know, our water system or our energy system. Well, I mean, because that's, that's what this, that's, what, that's how they worded it, right? They made it sound like this is for the grid because they know we got yeah. issues, right? Yeah, you're right on that one. And this isn't for the grid. Like, it is because it's more power. But, like, this is really just giving companies money. And they're going to mismanage it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. I say no on seven. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. You convinced me. Hard (laughs) hard no on seven. These are tricky, man. Like, these... You and I are into this stuff. And even for this, this is hard for us. Like, it's like, well, what are they saying? Um, Proposition yeah. 8, the constitutional amendment creating the broadband infrastructure, broadband. Oh, oh, yes, this one. Okay, th- I remember this one. Creating the broadband infrastructure fund to expand high-speed broadband access and assist the financing of collectivity projects. Connectivity projects. I can't read right now. 
What this means, Texas lawmakers made an investment in broadband development by passing a bill, which would create the Texas Broadband Infrastructure Fund, uh, fund pending approval of this resolution. So the same thing. This is already a law that passed to create this thing. But again, if we're gonna if we're gonna like spend this much money, we have to get voter approval to do it. So this is voter approval to spend one point five billion dollars to give people out in the middle of nowhere internet, which they need that, dude. Like lo looking at it as like a rural urban divide. If you're an urbanite, you might be like, "Fuck those country people" or something. Again, don't be like that. Don't. We need everybody in this coalition. But like if you don't look at it in that lens and you look at it instead of like a socioeconomic lens, you're talking about giving poor people Internet and poor people need Internet. So, mm -hmm. yeah, fucking give. We should have again done this 20 years ago <laughs> or 10 years whenever broadband. Yeah. 20 years ago. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like they're just yeah, now the getting availability. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. OK, I said the availability of broadband is actually like really important nowadays, especially for like. Speaking out your First Amendment rights, just look at the Palestine-Gaza situation. You know, they've cut off their internet, which isn't a good sign because that, that avoids government accountability. And honestly, like, just because you live in a rural area doesn't mean you shouldn't have access to that. Of course. Like, everyone needs access to the internet nowadays. 100%. 100%. So, yeah. So, yes on Proposition 8. Prop 9, H.J. House Joint Resolution 2, the constitutional amendment authorizing the 88th legislature to provide a cost of living adjustment to certain annuities of the teacher, teacher retirement system of Texas. During the regular session, lawmakers passed Senate Bill 10, which would provide some retired teachers, Texas teachers with cost of living raises to their monthly pension checks. For some, this is the first raise they will see in almost 20 years. But to afford their, these raises, lawmakers need to ask voters to allow them to use $3.3 from the general fund and move it to the retired teachers fund. What do you think about this? Uh, I mean, it's a, to me, it's like a definite yes. But here's the deal. like, And this is always the stuff that's politically hard. Pensions. Because they're so fucking expensive. Like retirement. People who've worked for the state of Texas for their whole life or, you know, for their whole working life have a pension that pays for them for the rest of the rest of their life. And like teachers are employees of the state of Texas. And so this is, if you're a teacher for fucking 30, 35 years, or whatever, you're supposed to get good retirement. But in a lot of the state, that shit hadn't been updated in 20 years. So they, the, what you, you know, it might've been a decent retirement in, in 2003, but it's not anymore. Right. Um, so this would give them a cost of living upgrade to where, you know, a significant upgrade for these people if they're getting monthly checks, you know, um, this would be greatly increasing it. Now, like, that is expensive. And so that's always the argument against these things that Republicans are always throwing out. They're always against these types of things because it's like, whoa, how are you going to pay for it? But if you value teachers, if you value people doing a service that is necessary for society and you want to take care of them for doing that good job, like, then you make them, you make the, you make it happen. You pay for it. You figure out a way to pay for it. So I vote. I say yes. Now, this is another another thing on this. Like I am not. I don't foresee. I mean, maybe I'll eat crow here in thirty years. I do not foresee me retiring as a teacher. Like that's not. I don't want to teach that long. <laughs> that that I I think I will be a husk 
of myself if I stay in the profession that long. I think there's like a healthy time that you can like interact with these young kids before. Like I watched my, my mom was a, was a teacher my whole life. And like I watched her soul get eaten. By the end of it, she was mean. She was not a nice teacher. She was like, when I was a kid, everyone loved her. She was like, she was all my friend's favorite teacher. Everyone loved my mom as a teacher. Um, but when I became, you know, when she got 35 years in, she was like not having it, not enjoying it anymore. So, you know, I don't know why I'm talking about that, but, <laughs> but I don't, I don't like for younger teachers, for people, my generation and coming up, like, I don't, I think a lot of us are not going to be getting pensions. I think the pension fund over the next 20, 30 years is going to get a lot smaller because there's gonna be way, way less teachers retiring as teachers rather than like right. leaving the profession, which is what most of us do. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. What do you think? I think it'd be good for teachers. I think it's step in the right direction. I think that they should have already had a cost of living adjustment on their pensions anyways. Yeah. To where this wouldn't have been like, oh, we have to suddenly, you know, find money for this. The money's already been allocated. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's totally doable, right? Just write it into the bill that it updates every so often based on, you know, inflation or whatever. Yeah. This is the same thing if those who were paying attention, you know, 10 years ago in 20, was it 14, 2014 or 2017? I forget what year. Um, Oklahoma went on strike. The teachers from Oklahoma went on strike. The teachers from uh, West Virginia went on strike. Teachers in Arizona went on strike. LA teachers went on strike. Uh, it was for pensions for a lot of those schools, not all of them, but a lot of those districts. That's what it was about. Um, so this is a big deal. So it's, it's, it's something like, you know, if you want your teachers to not be doing that, you give them that increase. Uh, oh, we're getting there guys. We're getting there. We got a, we got a, quite a few more <laughs> or a few more. Yeah. We uh, got this. <laughs> uh, proposition 10. Uh, SJR 87, the constitutional amendment to authorize the legislature to exempt from an ad valorem taxation equipment or inventory held by a manufacturer of medical or biomedical products to protect the Texas healthcare network and strengthen our medical supply chain. Okay. Anytime you see like rhetoric like that in the proposition where they're like, we got to do this to strengthen our medical supply chain. Um, that's like charged language. And like anytime these have charged language, they're like, there's an agenda behind it. And there's obviously an agenda behind all of them. But that, when I read that, like, what the fuck? Like they're extra pushing hard in that last sentence to strengthen our medical supply chain. I'm going to keep reading. Uh, what it means, school districts, cities, and counties are currently allowed to collect property taxes on the value of equipment and inventory that are held by manufacturers of medical or biomedical products, such as pharmaceuticals, personal protective equipment stocks, and medical devices. This exempt this amendment would exempt those from a from a facility's overall property values, leading to a potential decrease in their taxes. The new and exemption there it is. Yeah, exactly. So we've we've it's just the same thing we saw earlier, right? The new exemption would cost districts some two hundred and seven million dollars in estimated revenue over the next five years. So again, where is that money going to come from if the businesses aren't going to pay for it? Supporters of this exemption say that it will encourage more manufacturers in the industry to locate to Texas lower healthcare costs and strengthen the medical supply chain. Detractors say that school districts already strapped for money and that the same goals can be achieved without lowering their revenue. Yeah, again, this tax money is used to pay for shit that we need. If you cut taxes on businesses, which again, who are not people who make way more money than people do, if you cut their taxes, that money has to come from somewhere else. So again, no. And like, this is... This is so, like, I don't know, it's not sneaky in the, like, this, now that it's in writing and we're looking at it, it's not sneaky. But just, like, the concept of it, I feel, is sneaky, where it's like, we're not cutting your actual property taxes, but if you store a bunch of shit, 
you pay taxes on those. And like, we're cutting those taxes, which again, what companies are the ones that store a ton of shit? Like ones with a shitload of money, ones that have enough money to pay for giant warehouses and maintain them and run them and, and, and employ them. Right? Like those are huge, 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 huge companies. That would be the ones that would be getting their taxes cut on like the shit that they're storing. Like there are plenty of small and medium sized companies that don't have, you know, all their stuff storing just sitting in a warehouse somewhere, right? So like, I don't know. That's like, I don't even know what that means, but what do you, what do you think? What do you think? Oh, I, I'm hard no on this. Hard no on this. Um, you know, this is the tax cut, the tax cuts. And here, here's what I love. There's no guarantee that these tax cuts are going to encourage lower healthcare costs. Yeah. Because in a capitalistic system, your your job is to make profit. So from a business perspective, just because my taxes got lower, why would I lower my, my profit margin? Yeah. It's not going to happen. It's just going to be more profit. Yeah, 100%. That's a great point. Now, if there was like a tax incentive to where, you know, maybe if I did lower it to become more affordable, I got, I got a tax cut, then I might consider it. Yeah. Yeah. But there's nothing enforcing that they're going to lower healthcare costs. If anything, they're going to raise them. Yeah. No, it's just, but it's just written that way. It's like, oh, well, this could happen. They might do this. Yeah, no. No, hard. Ronald Reagan was wrong. Yeah, on a lot of things. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, shit. I'm up. Hang on. All right. Proposition 11, Senate Joint Resolution 32. The constitutional amendment to authorize the legislature to prefer, to permit conservation and rec- reclamation districts in El Paso County to issue bonds supported by ad valorem taxes to fund the development and maintenance of parks and recreational facilities. What does that mean? 11 counties conservation and rec- reclamation districts are currently permitted to issue bonds supported by property taxes to fund recreational development and improvement. This proposed amendment would add El Paso County to the list. Conservation and reclamation districts aid in managing stormwater storage, land irrigation, and the conservation and development of forests within their designated boundaries. Critics of the amendment say it it could cause property taxes to increase for El Paso County residents. I think it's very interesting that we have to have a statewide vote for things that affect that county you know i think they should already be allowed to to do that yeah i agree it's weird like counties are weird i kind of go i still go back and forth in my understanding because it's like they are a subsection of the state so it's like state laws in a sense Mm -hmm. are formed and enforced like at the county level but then you still have the county governments that make their own laws too yeah it's like it's Fucking weird. This stays weird. Uh, bureaucracies are fucking weird. Governments are weird. This is what I'm trying to get my students to learn. Like these, we, we just made all this shit up, and actually not that long ago, and a lot of it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. So I mean, I guess yes. Like I feel like they need that, right? Like I don't live in El Paso. Yeah. That's why it's weird. I, I, I agree with you. It's weird because like I feel weird making a decision for El Paso. I don't live there. I don't know anything about that place. But this seems like they need help. So like, yeah, help them. Duh, right? I don't know. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah, it's weird. 
Okay, got a three three more. Uh, Proposition twelve, HJR one thirty four, the constitutional amendment providing for the abolition of the office of county treasurer in Galveston County. I forgot about this one. <laughs> I forgot about this one. This is just like drama. This is Galveston drama. Like this is just yeah. It's just fucking Texas politics. All right, I'm just going to read from the thing. What this means, if passed by a majority of Texas and Galveston County residents, this amendment would abolish Galveston County's Office of the County Treasurer, an office that exists in other counties. The office's current role is to act as a bank for the county, which includes overseeing county investments, maintaining records and deposits and withdrawals, and ensuring the safety of county funds. The Commissioner's Court of Galveston County would be allowed to employ or contract an existing county official or other qualified person to complete the tasks previously under the office. Galveston's county current treasurer, Hank Dougie, ran on eliminating, what a name, ran on eliminating the position and said in his campaign video that the office is, quote, redundant and a waste of more than half a million dollars each year, end quote. The County Treasurer's Association of Texas opposes the proposition, however, arguing that such a change won't save money and that having an independently elected treasurer rather than employee of the commissioner's court ensures a separation of powers in the county and creates a system that lets a treasurer challenge the commissioner's court if they question the legality and the propriety of payment order. Yeah, that sounds like a fucking shit show. So, it, 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 yeah, it, like it, super quick. You got a politician who ran on the platform of saying, I'm going to get rid of this office. And he won. And this office is in every other county. You kind of need a treasurer who's mm-hmm. part of the public apparatus and electable, you know, held to public account. And what they're saying is like, no, we're going to get rid of that guy and we're going to hire a private person. Or somebody else, it's, another option could be someone else who's already working for the administration that does a different job. Um, and yeah, what if you get an outside person to do this, then you essentially have a conflict of interest with the power of government where you have like a non-government person dealing with the government's money. Right, and right. Could be withholding that or not. And then you got legal issues that you got to get before anybody gets paid. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah, yeah. It's an absolute... <laughs> You know, it's an absolute shit show. And honestly, like, it's also kind of an attack on democracy a little bit because you're getting rid of accountability is what you're doing. Like, conservatives do this all the time. They they dress it up as like, oh, governmental waste or whatever. But what they're doing is they're getting rid of uh, accountability to the people. They're being more undemocratic, you know. And if you look at the Republican parties, and I, I can already tell this guy's probably a Republican just from. Yeah course yeah even if he says he's not he's he that's the team he's playing for because if you look historically you know look at wisconsin look at uh the presidential election of uh 2000 look at the presidential election of 2016 the republicans aren't exactly big on winning the the people's uh opinion you know because again their whole deal is policy that's unpopular and still gonna get passed yeah, I mean, it's not even about policy, right? I mean, it, no, you're right. You're right. It, they posture to their people, to their base, that it's not about policy. But in the in the room of the votes where the actual actually happens, yeah, they, they are making policy decisions. Uh, yeah, fuck, fuck this guy. Obviously vote no. And again, it's weird. We're voting on something that has nothing to do. We don't, we're not in Galveston. This is a Fort Worth podcast. Why, is, why are we voting on whether Galveston gets to keep their treasurer? That's a little weird. Um, 
So I say no. Like, yes, they should keep their treasurer, so vote no. Um, yeah. It's just so bizarre. Okay, two more. Yeah. Proposition number 13. Oh, yeah, you. you it's, Proposition it's, it's, 13, House, Gener- House Joint Resolution 107. The constitutional amendment to increase the mandatory age of retirement for state justices and judges. I'm already going to say it. I don't need to explain this. No, absolutely not. No now, no yesterday, no forever. Age limits are good. Um, And here's the ridiculous part. Voters will decide if state judges can retire at 79 instead of the current mandatory retirement age of 75. Proposition 13 would increase the minimum retirement age from 70 to 75 for state judges. Local groups advocating for the change argued that more people are working later into their careers than previous generations. Mm-hmm. Supporters say extending the mandatory retirement age will minimize ju- judicial turnover by keeping elected public servants who are willing to do this work on the bench. Um, yeah, no. 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 And I'll tell you why. Um, because the problem we have in politics right now is people are staying too long. And they're not moving over for new people. Yep. So this is going to this this is just going to exacerbate that problem. Yep. Now, like here, like the flip side of it, which is still valid though, I, I still say hard no, is like there are parts of the state because it's rural, because it's out in the middle of nowhere, where you got there are no people who are qualified to even be judged. Like they don't live there; they're in the cities or the populated areas. So in places like that, it is like, well, all we got is Jim Bob, who's been here for 45 years, and Jim Bob is the only person who's qualified to do this job. And so we need Jim Bob to stay in the job for four, four more years. And like, as true as that is, tough shit. Like, I'm sorry, that just means the state needs to do a better job or the county needs to do a better job or whatever of like dealing with that issue. But that doesn't mean that we should change the entire fucking state's constitution to let every judge in the state go for four more years. Like, I'm sorry, no. I agree with you, Thomas. Like, this is the opposite of what we need we need people out of there um so yeah no fuck this fuck no one proposition 13 <laughs> to me i don't know about you but like online this is the only one that i've seen anything about like i've seen people being like please vote no on prop 13 or some a little bit of please vote yes you know by the by the opposition or whatever but yeah i don't know have you seen anything else about anything else of any of these propositions No, I've seen a little bit about the teacher's retirement mm. pension thing, but other than that, Prop 13 is the only one I've seen stuff from. Yeah. I hope it didn't pass. Um, all right, last one. Proposition 14. She's 14 teen. SJR 74. The constitutional amendment providing for the creation of centennial parks uh, of the Centennial Parks Conservation Fund to be used for the creation and improvement of state parks. What it means, Texas ranks 35th in the nation for state park acreage per capita, according to a report by Environment Texas. This pressured lawmakers to propose investing more than $1 billion for state parks, which advocates which advocates said would create a, quote, new golden age for the park system. Funding would go into buying more land for the state park system, which, de- which celebrates its 100th anniversary this year. What do you think? I like it. Me too. Um, I think that's a really good good thing to have. Anytime we can get more funding for state parks, I think it's something you need to do because they're so notoriously underfunded. Yep. And here's the other thing to think about too. Like, if you, 
the reason we have the parks that we have today, the, I'm really talking about national parks. If you go back to fucking Teddy Roosevelt at the beginning of the 20th century, like setting aside Yellowstone, setting aside Big Bend, setting aside all the parts around the country where we're like, this is this national park. You can't touch this. No development, no nothing. Just let come people look at it. That is super, super important. And like, had Teddy not have done that a hundred years ago, those places would be torn up and developed and drilled and mined and whatever. And so like now Texas is still growing incredibly, incredibly fast. We need to still be continuing to set aside land to not have any of that shit happen to it and just to keep it nice and to keep it pretty and to, you know, conserve land and conserve water and for the animals, for their protection and that sort of thing. Um, and Texas, because we're fucking Texas has next to no federal land. Like big bend is really about it. Um, so it's incumbent upon Texas, the state to set aside all the land that we would be using for parks and stuff because the federal government's not like it's, it's, it's done doing that. Um, so yes, I agree with you, Thomas. This is super, it's very important. We need the money set aside. And you're right, they're very underfunded. So they just, they need more money in general, but also we need more of them too. So yeah, I'm all about it. All about the the, the parks and, and the conservation and taking care of nature. And so it's nice to see, it's nice that, you know, Texas gets a bad rap because we, because it's bad, <laughs> but it's nice <laughs> to see like, hey, we're actually going to, we're actually going to do something about nature. Like that's, that's. We're doing a nice thing yeah, here. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I guess, um. In the show notes, what I'll do is I'll put both Thomas and I's responses to these so you can like have a quick cheat sheet and, of course, vote for yourself. Do your own research. Still, we'll continue to provide resources. But if you want to quickly jot it down when you walk into the, the, the booth, you can see what, what we said. That they'll help you make your decision. So, sweet. We got some interesting ones coming up here in November. Yep. <sighs> well, I'm glad we got to do this, Thomas. Sorry. Yep. Took forever. Sorry, listeners. Hey, we, we got to it. It's okay. We did it. We did it. Yeah. So we'll do this. Um, the election's on, like you said, November 7th. Um, we'll, we'll probably get the results the next day. And so then I guess that'll be the Let's do a wrap up episode. Hit those results. And we'll forward to the next year. Sounds good. Sounds well, good. Thank you for joining us, listeners. Thank you, Thomas, for doing this. That's such a Bye-bye. Bye.